this story is not about the presence under the tree. It's not about the sails or the songs or the snow. It's about a promise God gave us for every time we feel isolated, forgotten, lonely, for everyone who needs connection, closeness, warmth, or just to know they're not alone. This story's about Emmanuel, God with us. All right, good morning. Here we are. You're here. You're here online. If, if you are now just coming online, we are back. Uh, we are sorry for a black screen a few minutes ago. So I'm hopefully you jump back in. It literally was me back there unplugging three things and got it back going again. I don't know how I was the guy today to do that. Somebody did, uh, but it worked out okay. So we're go- hopefully you've connect with us as well uh, to be with us. It looked, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go, right? Are, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this season? Nobody goes like, no, it's, Christmas comes around really fast, doesn't it? Like, did we just do this last year? Uh, we did, but we're here again. I really appreciate, can we just give a hand to our team and they're decorating this week? If you're out there doing that, great job. Wonderful. I came in this morning to see it. It's just so festive. It's great here. Uh, Well, you know, at North Bay here, we're kind of taking some special Sundays together, and we're going to have some fun as well as, because it's crazy. It's stressful. Just just go shopping and all that's going on, and blank, you know, empty shelves are already forming. Like, oh, what are we going to do with Christmas? There's There's a stress, and we'll talk about that in here in a moment, but we like to have some fun. And so today, as you came in, you might have already did it, is you, there is actually doing a, a photo booth, a, a photo session. So our very own Christina is going to be taking pictures. And so if you didn't get your picture taken, just downstairs after service, you can get your picture taken. Nice little scene, a Christmas scene. So this would be opportunity to do your family photo or couple's photo or just you with a friend if you want to. Our whole theme of with, whoever you can take a picture with, that would be great. And so if you're going, oh, I didn't really, I'm not really festive. I didn't dress up. That I, you know, Next weekend and even the next couple of weekends, we're going to have that available for you. So you can prepare next week for that to get your picture taken. And then coming up the next few weeks, we got some theme Sundays. Uh, next Sunday, we are channeling the flannel, okay? So some of you are like, I wear flannel every day in the winter. But we, if you got a nice flannel or whatever flannel you want to wear, if you got a Christmassy flannel, that's great. So wear your flannel next weekend and just kind of having a fun theme with that. And then the following weekend, we're, we're bringing back, I don't know if it's the third or fourth annual, I don't know, can't keep track of our ugly sweater Sunday. And so today I already got insulted. Someone says, oh, Dan, I didn't know it was ugly sweater. Thanks, Lynette. She said, it's ugly sweater Sunday, huh? I'm like... No. So if, if, if you are wearing something questionable that day, just be safe, okay? Just don't, you're, you're subject to something, some ridicule along the way. So anyway, so whatever you want to do, but we do have prizes involved. So if you want to really do it up, this is your opportunity. And so as a hint for those who are going to, that won the last few years, there was lights involved in the sweater. Okay, I'm just saying if you're going to need to compete, you're going to have to step up your game because whoever's winning lately, they're stepping up more and more. It's coming up. So in a couple weeks, if you want to win a coffee card or just have some fun, come join us for that. All that to say is 
We're leading up, of course, to our big day that we have together is Christmas Eve, and we do Christmas, kind of almost Christmas Eve day services. We have a, a 4 o'clock and we have a 5.30 service. And our, our community, traditionally, this is a time for many of the people in our community, in Birch Bay and in Blaine and beyond, really come and join us here uh, for our services. And so in your programs, there is some invitations for you to take, not only remind yourself to come, but also invite someone here in the next few weeks. And those will be available as we, our theme of with, bring people, having people join with us in Christmas Eve services. So we'll have, we'll have candlelight, uh, candlelight services and cookies that day. It'll be a great time as we look forward to. So many of you, we've done it. I think we've done decorating our house. Has everybody decorated? Did you get your tree up? Who still needs to put their tree up? You're still working? Oh, wow, a lot of people. Okay, come on, get with the spirit of the thing here. Come on, you got a lot of time. Well, and, and some of us, you know, I, you know, you got, you got the manger set, you got, you got your lights up, and people are hanging lights. My, my neighbor is Clark W. Griswold, I think, across the street. He's like, you know, Jeff Bezos can see him from space, okay? It's, it's pretty amazing how much lights are going on. So some of you are doing that, but we're getting the festive mood. And I, I don't know about you, I like lights. I really love lights. I as, when our kids are little, we take them around and look at lights because I love it. I just love the brightness of it, the beauty of them. I like waking up in the morning and flipping my tree on and just enjoying coffee and, and do that. And I, I think that with that is that I, I don't know who came up with Christmas traditions, but I'm glad we have them in a really dark time, you know, a dark time in our in our in our, our season, the short gloomy days that we have together. And I what I love about lights is they they just kind of fill you with well, brightness, but really of hope, and there's a, there's a sense of anticipation that comes in with Christmas. And I don't care what age you are, there's just, there is a buildup that's there that's pretty awesome. But a lot of times we can get our, our anticipation, can kind of get misaligned of what we're trying to get out of Christmas and the demands of Christmas, because we do get into the, the consumer mindset so much. And a lot of times we put the pressure on ourselves or the pressure of others, and in the chaos, it actually at the end, whatever we're expecting can really in times lead to disappointment. We can find ourselves there when it, even with, at the end of the Christmas season. And so I found this when I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we would we would have, you're, you're opening all your gifts, and you can really tell about a, a kid's character, how he's feeling about life after all the gifts are open. Because what you, you end up going is, I found myself many times just disappointed after the morning. And, and I would open the gifts, and I was an only child, so the gifts open in about five minutes. Like, they're open, and, and, then, and then I'm kind of like, and my mom's like, you okay, Danny? It's like, no, oh, I'm okay, you know, I'm all right. And, and, you know, in my head, I'm going, this is not what I earmarked on the Montgomery Ward and Sears Robot catalog, okay? I circled things, I pointed arrows, I put little tissue paper in between pages. This is not what I expected. And then my mom would say, she'd say every year, I hated it when she said that. She goes, well, Danny, that's Christmas. I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. You know, then I'd go over to my grandma and grandpa's house and, and, and then my cousins, they would have some kind of like, you know, you know, game things, boy, and all this stuff they're playing. And then what'd you get? Oh, I got a board game. You know, that was it. I'm really bored with the board game. So I would say all this. Here's the question I have for you. Now here we are again in the holidays. What is your expectation you have of this Christmas? What expectations do you have? I think a lot of people in this room, I, I, I doubt you're really carrying a whole lot what's under the tree because it's, you know, many times it's come the same gifts that you get each year. 
but I do think there's expectations that we have. And I'm wondering this year, because we, we say this every year, don't we? We say this, Chris, we're going to do Christmas differently this year. Have you ever seen that? We're, it's going to be different. We're, we've got a different expectation. I want to challenge all of us and encourage us is, is to say this year is going to be different. What, how, is it, how in some ways is it going to be different? What, what is that going to look like for you? And I would say to be, maybe be helpful for that if we can make Christmas not so much about consumption, but it, let's say this year to make it different that it will be about connection. We have lived in the last couple years in the most isolated time in history. And we're still feeling that. What if, what if this year, the, the way we would make it different and the way that we say at the end of it would really truly be about not, not consumption any longer because at the end of the day, when it's all consumed and we experience it and that disappointment that we really could look back and go, no, we had some meaningfulness with one another and the meaningfulness that we had with God. Because with that comes this incredible promise. This promise that was given from the very beginning of time, a promise Adam and Eve, they had and they blew it. The patriarchs and the prophets talked about it and tried for it but were stuck in trying to achieve it and it was really this whole theme you can read through the whole bible and you really could say this it's all about god saying i will be with you that's the meta theme of the entire scripture is god saying i want to i want to be with you. I can't think of any greater promise. I can't think of any greater assurance to have. And that why, that's why at Christ the King, we look at every, every year as this a redemptive opportunity for Christmas to be meaningful, a meaningful time of connection with one another and with God. And we have this deep need. We all know this, a deep longing as humans to be with. And the reality is a lot of times when we're Together, And a lot of times when we're in human interactions, I don't think we would say, even what we're going through in life, that, it's, that we, somehow we're needing it to be about getting good advice. Nothing wrong with getting good advice from people. It's not about fixing situations and problems that we have and trying to remedy them. All are great, but at the end of the day, really what we want from one another is to know that we're here for one another and with one another. And that's really God's desire for us. And you know, this promise that was given was prophesied long before the actual event took place. We can look back, and I love the prophet Isaiah that we're going to look at here in the moment, that he expressed, God gave him the words and articulated something that would happen in the future. Isaiah chapter 7, this is where, if you're looking for the evidence of when Christmas became Christmas is here, it says, therefore, the Lord himself, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This baby to be born was not just born of a virgin. It wasn't just born in, the, in, in, in this being the redeemer and savior of the world as much as that was the greatest thing that happened it was this promise that god gave that god would be emmanuel as god 
with us. And so we launch in this series of with. It's, it's a reminder to us of not only that he is with us in this promise, but he's, he's with us all year round. And, and this with is including all of us together. So as we, you know, as kids anticipate or grandchildren anticipate this few short weeks leading up to Christmas, we need to understand there was a lot of waiting for this promise to take place. What was prophesied by Isaiah 700 years before was now going to take a long time to be fulfilled. We read in the first seven chapters, if you want to read through Isaiah, you find it's not that promising at all. In fact, it's kind of dreary. It's a, it's a, it's a prophecy to a nation that was in darkness, that it was under oppression, there was a heaviness with the people. They were searching for fulfillment. They were seeking, they were seeking after. And, and Isaiah would call them on what they're doing, but he would describe the fact that they were seeking after mediums and magicians instead of God. They're, they're looking to lighten their load, but each time they came up empty, was, what was looking to be bring light to their lives actually just brought more and more darkness in them. In fact, you read in the last part of chapter 8 explains why why they, they needed something beyond themselves. It says, distressed and hungry, they would roam through the land. When they are famished, they would become enraged and look upward with curse their king and their God. They would look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fear and gloom. They would be thrust into utter darkness very depressing passage but it's saying this is where they're at they were what it says they're looking toward the earth in a sense they're looking for the them to fix their the problems for themselves they look to experts and mystics and scholars and and rulers to solve their problems saying we can fix this we can get a handle of this and people make the same claim today don't they some look to the state, some look to the stock market, some look to a medical breakthrough. But at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it, it leads still to more darkness. The enlightenment that comes is, is, is in a human intellect only takes you so far. Ingenuity and innovation only takes you so far. It leaves you really in the dark or whatever kind of light is really creating a, a fake light. And so looking, looking at this, Isaiah sums it up what was happening of that day. He was saying basically a, a nation that was filled with counterfeit religions and idolatry, a nation that was filled with political and southern uh, divisions, political and southern kingdoms were at odds. If you study history, you look at that, a nation that was wandering the hopelessness, uncertain of the future. That was what Isaiah's day, of the, really what was going on in Israel. And you think about, wow, 2021, what we've gone through. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? There's a sense of injustice and uncertainty. And we're wondering, God, where are you in all of this? And, and so Isaiah speaks to the heart of this nation. It was very unpopular. People did not respond too well to it. But we, what we found, it was a lost and rebellious generation that was going on. Isaiah opens with this stern warning in these first few chapters. And when you read that, it kind of, kind of brings a, a sense of downer and despair. But he says, which is so interesting, we get in chapter 9, where it, and, and I think it's why we like what we see in the, the brilliance of our, our Christmas time that, that fills us with hope. He describes it this way, a nation in spiritual darkness. He says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on them, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I don't know if this is where we get the, the phrase, it's darkness before the dawn. 
But Isaiah is saying there's a light that's coming. Now, what is this light? Well, it's really not a, it's not a what, it's a who. This light is personified to the promised one. But there'll be this gap. There'll be this gap between this promise that is made to the promise that would be fulfilled. Hundreds of years would go by. And we wonder, kids are wondering, when's Christmas coming? Christmas was a long way off. And really was happening. People, in some ways, had forgotten after hundreds of years. In fact, if you study scripture from Malachi to the, Old, to the New Testament, Matthew, you find there's 400 years of silence. No prophecy, no prophets, no revelation. There's a long time waiting. And they're waiting for the one. The one that would come. The one that would bring fulfillment to this promise of Emmanuel. To come, God, with us. A lot of wait in the waiting. A lot of feeling the heaviness and the dark that was, that was a part of the land and part of the people, and it was coming. See, here's our Christmas core truth today. God's promise to be with us has been fulfilled. It has been fulfilled. Isaiah says this in all the reading of the chapters of 8, leading to chapter 9, he says this, foretold, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And a lot of times we read that, you say, the government will be on his shoulders. Like, man, I want government off my back. You know, people say that. Well, why don't you know? It's not the, it's not the we're not talking about the state and the local and the federal government. What we're talking about is a much bigger government. The government of the kingdom of God. That That is what that God is bringing, then Christ himself would bring to the world. One that we can trust in of his government, of his kingdom, that's much broader, much bigger, means that he's in control. He doesn't let anything past him. He, he knows what's best for his people, and, but it's a teaching us of trusting in him that that will come. And so Christmas is a reminder to, to no matter what has happened, no matter what has happened in our world, out there and here and here, that God is in control. And there is going to be a, a time of fulfillment that would come. And that would come 700 years before it would be fulfilled. That's a long time waiting. And what I love about the 700 years is that the fulfillment through Christ it happened in over 300 prophecies that were fulfilled. Not just one time, but 300 ways Jesus was revealed as the one, the Emmanuel God with us. The astronomical predictions are always amazing. Mathematicians say the odds of Jesus just fulfilling 48 of the over 300 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. Now, I love, I love the, what Peter Stoner, he has this book called Science Speaks, and he, I love this illustration. Is, he says, it's like, how do you understand what this really looks like? He says, just imagine stacking two feet tall silver coins across the whole state of Texas. Blindfold somebody, put an X on one of the coins, and that person, blindfolded, would pick out of the whole state of Texas one coin that would have that X on it. That's the prediction of, of Jesus fulfilling 48 of the prophecies, let alone the 300. You can't comprehend that. It's not coincidence, folks. It's not, it's not just chance that it happened. 
It's so amazing as we look. And so as we, as we, think, about, as we think about Christmas and we think about where we are, and, and, and if there's ever doubts, if, if we start, you know, we get older and we start doubting Santa Claus and then we start doubting the Easter Bunny and we start doubting Jesus, we don't have to any longer. There, it's, it, we're not talking about a story over here. We're talking about history and we're talking about this fulfillment that happened took place. And so some thoughts here as we get into the Christmas season of this whole promise that was fulfilled through Christ being with us. Jesus came, fulfilled God's promise to be with us. You know what? At just the right time. At just the right time. Do you know timing is everything? It is, isn't it? Timing is everything. It matters so much. And, and we think of how we met maybe our spouse, how we got that job, what circumstances we're in and who we're with, and, and, the, and we're going, nah, that can't be coincidence. God ordained this moment and this time. We look back on our lives, and we can see how at times even where we avoided an accident, that we left a couple of minutes late because we couldn't find our keys, and then, you know, could have been in that fender bender or that rollover or whatever happened we look back on our lives and we can see God had spared us and helped us and have you ever asked why Jesus though came in the time he did in history Jesus came when he came for the right the right time you know what historians will say and this isn't a very Christmassy thing that happened it was because the, there was roads that were built that, that the Romans built the roads the Roman rose. They, they, they believe that, that God was waiting for the, the historians that, that when, the, when the gospel was brought you know, to, to the world through Christ and the spread of it, that, would, that there was roads for that to go, for the, the missionaries to spread out. I think it's a great thought. I think it, it makes sense. But God had the right time. He ordained that time. I like how Paul, an early church leader who was very much of getting the message out through the Roman roads and through across, across Asia and Africa and Europe, he said this, but when the set time had come, God sent his son born of a, a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. What he's saying is that, that there was, it was at just the right time. It was a set time to be fulfilled. It was, it was going to happen. And, I, and can you just picture even in heaven when, when all that's going on and, and, and there's calamity and wars and you can read all what happened, the craziest in the Old Testament, the dysfunction. You ever think that angels were kind of wondering, God, when, when, are, we, when, when are we going to, you know, would God the Son himself, when, God, when are we going to do, when are we going to come and redeem this world? When are we going to do that? We're all waiting here. God, now? <laughs> How about now? This is a good time, Lord. This is great. Things are really, really bad. How about, how about now? This would be good. And there finally came a moment. There finally came a timing. Look at what Paul says. He says this, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God, I love this, demonstrated his own, his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that God wasn't waiting for us to get our act together. It got bad enough, I guess. 
or it was the right timing, the right moment for redemption. I don't know what your timing is. I don't, you know, many times we you know, they always say we're waiting on God and we just got to wait on God. We got to wait on God. You know, I mean, you know, we need to be reminded over and over, God is waiting on you. You're going, because we, we read this all the time. We, we, you know, the, the Lord is not slow. What does it say? In keeping his promises, some understand slowness. What does it say? He's patient with you. Patient with me. That none, anyone would perish, but all would come to repentance. And so if you're here today, if you're watching online, and you, you've not given your life to Jesus, you, you don't have to wait toward tomorrow. Today is the day, Bible says, of salvation. The time is now. And this is the moment. Jesus came, fill his promise at just the right time, but also he came at just the right place. You ever thought about the right place? Have you ever been in the, not only the right time and the right place? I look back and many of my jobs are not really through resumes. It's just who I knew at the moment who I, who I connected with in the right place that I was. I remember... I was in college. At, I was going to Bible college, Northwest University in Kirkland there. And I was in the dorms and I was going down the hallway because I, I, I was, I, in my pocket, I had, I had 40 cents and the pop machine at the end of the hallway was 50 cents. And so I was, can you imagine, pop, only 50 cents back then. But I was looking for an extra dime and I just started knocking on, I just knocked on my neighbor's door. And I don't even remember the guy's name, but I do remember who I met in that room. He had a friend named Eric. And I got to talk to Eric a little bit and, and we hit it off and Eric says, hey, I'm a part of this church and, and we're looking for people uh, to come on staff. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a job. And he says, yeah, it's working with, with our, in our children's ministry. And so I applied based on my friend's recommendation and I got the job. It was my first kind of paid job as a church staff member, all because I was in the right place at the right time at the right moment, met that right person that was there. All I needed was a dime. It's interesting in our lives how God's timing in his places. You ever thought about why Israel? You ever thought about like, you know, there could have been other places that, you know, Jesus could have been born, but why, why there? Why that? Well, we know it's a promised people and all the fulfillment that led to that, but this little strip of land, it's still in demand nowadays. Have you noticed that? In, in, you know, it connects Africa and Asia and, and Europe together. God was pretty strategic and what he was trying to do and accomplish at the right time. And it was predicted 300 of the 300 predictions 700 years later of a specific place, which Micah says is this, but you, Bethlehem, among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel. You know, I don't know if anybody's looking back where Jesus was going to be born and, and Mary and Joseph, I don't know if they read the prophecies. I don't know if they were connecting the dots a little bit. They, they probably, when, when, when they're ready for the baby to be born, they're thinking, you know, we're going to settle. We're from Nazareth. We're going to have this baby in Nazareth. Well, God knew what needed to happen. At the time, there would be this census that, that would pull people back to their, their heritage, which was Joseph's family was from, Bethlehem, And so the Bible says this, that Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time of the star it appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem, stopped over the place where the child was. Placement matters to God to prove not only the prediction, but this promise. So you are here at the right time, at the right place for Christ to live 
in you. The place where Jesus wants to dwell, the Emmanuel, is right here. This is the place. People sometimes in church will call this place here, this call it the sanctuary. Have you been, maybe you grew up in a church, it's the sanctuary, and, and this is a holy place. And when I was a youth pastor, people would, I had churches and they called it the sanctuary. And so then we would go and, 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 and I'd have youth events and we would sh- whip cream and balls would be thrown all over. And, and people thought I was desecrating the sanctuary of God. I'm like, it's just a building. And they didn't like that. By the way, this is just a building. Tonight, this place becomes chaos, okay? Balls are thrown and whipped cream and all kinds of things will be happening with students here tonight because this is the place. What is sacred the most where the place of dwelling is right here? That's where God dwells. That's the sanctuary. That is the place. Does Christ dwell richly in you? That is the place to fulfill his promise. Jesus came in the right time. He came in the right uh, place and he came for the right people the right people every christmas we open the the wonderful story the simple narrative of a young couple peasant couple that they were fine probably everything was going until their life got really really complicated when god asked them to do what was so amazing you know, we all look back on that story and we reflect every year how mary would ponder this what was going on and like what is happening with me i have to then go tell my fiance hey i'm pregnant but it's not yours of course but it's god's kid and like oh how do you explain that that's you know you might it's blows our mind well it was all fulfilled as we read that therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we will call him emmanuel we know that God sending his son had to be perfect. He had to be born of a woman, but his blood had to be divine, that blood that would be shed on the cross. We know that it had to be the come from God himself, this perfect divine birth that would take place. But it was more than that. It had to do with the people that God was going to use. And I tell you, at times we, we can look back in our life and we can see how God uses people in different ways. And sometimes he does use the proud, but many times he uses the humble. And he uses people and the right people to bring fulfillment. Can I tell you, as much as Mary and Joseph were the right people, we're the right people as well. God wants to use us in the right timing, in the right places, the people he's wanting to bring fulfillment. Why? for just the right reason. God came to fulfill his promise in us the right time, in the right place, with the right people, for the right reason. There was a why in all of this. The wise men, you think about when they were visiting Mary and, and Joseph and they, they, gave, they gave Jesus, this great, great shower gifts, by the way, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh is like, You know, that's what they used in bomb bodies, okay? It's kind of, what was it? Fulfillment, the fact that Jesus was gonna be born to die. Isaiah predicted this would happen, not just any death, but a very brutal death that would take place. Isaiah said this hundreds of years before, then this is the fulfillment that would take place. He says, surely he took took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted by but, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Why? The pain and torture for this one reason. Jesus came for this one reason. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That is the reason. The right time, the right place, 
right people for the right reason, the very reason, born to die for us and redeem. Uh, so I'm gonna invite our team to come as we, as we pray. And as we ponder Christmas, some of us are going, here we are again. <laughs> Each and every year, the story doesn't change. The biggest challenge as a pastor is how do you tell the story differently every year? It doesn't change. Thank goodness it doesn't change. We don't have to figure out how to do Christmas differently, even though we need to think it, about it differently. How will, what's your expectation? How will you look at Christmas differently? Well, let's, let's not make it about consumption this year. As we say it every year, we, we're going to make it different. Let's make it about connection connecting with God and connecting with one another. You know, I was thinking about this. I love how we have even displayed, if you probably can't see it on the screen, but in this room right here, we have, we've got the cradle, the manger here, and then we've got the cross. From the cradle to the cross, Jesus came for the reason to redeem us, to bring forgiveness and bring fulfillment, to be the one in us. I love this scripture says in Colossians 1, for it was God who was pleased to have all his fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, this holiday season is not for us to get our fill. It is for us to experience that fulfillment that comes through the connection with our Emmanuel, God with us. God is, the, is not the faraway God. He's not the, he's not the almighty as much as he is, powerful God that's from a distance. God is the up close and personal God. He wants to simply just for us to be with him. There's just a power of being with someone. The other day, my wife and, and we, learned, we, we learned this guys in relationship. I say guys because typically this is a guy thing. Us guys want when there's an issue or problem, maybe with our spouse, they have an issue, whatever. We want to try to fix them. Guys, have you learned that doesn't work too well? Every guy in the room, Mary, go, yes. They don't, they don't need you to solve a problem. They don't need you to fix a situation. What my wife said, she, she, I don't always get the cue, but she says, I need a hug. And I knew at that moment, she, I wasn't going to give her an advice. I wasn't even really, even though I probably kind of knew what was wrong. I just knew. I knew it wasn't me at that moment. That was a good thing. It was, I wasn't the problem. She just wanted me. She wanted to be with me. That's what it is. That's what Christmas is. It's a hug. It's an opportunity for us together. Next week, we'll talk about the us part of this. But this is what God wants to do for you right now. He just wants this. He wants relationship. And, he just, and, and this is your opportunity to say, God, I, I got this going on and this going on and the stress of things and it's building up and Christmas seems to I magnify everything that's happening in my life and all what's going on in the world and everything that's happening, I'm involved. Here's this moment. Here's this opportunity that we can just say, God, I just need a hug. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to 
be with you because you went to the greatest extent to be with me. Father, thank you that we have this beautiful opportunity, this Christmas season. Here we are, another Christmas season. And we say it's going to be different. And it can be, Lord. It can be different. Well, Lord, we commit. We, I, I include myself in this commitment. Lord, we're going to make it different. We're, we're not going to be, make it about consumption. We're not going to make it about busyness. We're not going to make it about a, a pleasing all these people and doing all these activities. And, and what are these people are going to come over? And then we got to change holidays. And we got to go here. And we got to make all this happen. Blah, 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 blah. Lord, we just take a moment and we just say, Lord, thank you. You went to the fullest extent. You didn't, you didn't send a substitute. You didn't send in a, 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 a person on your behalf. You sent your very self to come and be with us. May, Lord, we just say, Lord, we want to be with you in this time and this opportunity. God, I pray for those that maybe they're maybe there's a distance in their relationship with you. Maybe they don't even have a relationship with you. They don't have Manuel. They don't have, when it says God with us, that, that what that means, Jesus, is that you come and you dwell in them because they don't have a relationship with you. May today they say, Jesus, be my Emmanuel. Be my Lord, come. You fulfilled it all, all, all what you did. You, you were born to die from the cradle to the cross. You came to redeem me, to bring peace between me and God and, and, and reconcile myself so that I can have you to dwell in me, Lord. May that just be one of the most beautiful and most important Christmases that I'll ever have in my life because I've received you as my Lord, my Savior. So those are maybe in this room, those maybe even, who knows, are watching right now online or they're listening or they're driving. May they say, Jesus, come. Be my manual. Come dwell in me today. And Lord, for all of us here that are in the room, may we pursue you in that way. May we pursue just being with you. All the demands and everything in our life, and then when we go into this week, that we can have these moments in time because that's what it makes. Christmas, Christmas is all about you. So be with us here in this season and opportunities that we have. May we not miss any moment, but not miss the obvious, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.